welcome back to another episode of the Inner Hill Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine DeMay, and join with me are your co-hosts and today's special guests, Yuke Peng, Lee, and Marty Hewitt, who are the podcast junior editors uh, for this year. Today, we're going to be doing a little bit of a reflection, talking a little bit about what does it mean to be a part of the Herald, the Masterhead, what does it mean to be on the podcast team, um, the different experiences and how that is, and as well as how you can get involved if you're interested in for next year. Uh, later into the episode, we'll be doing a, a bit of an interview with Jack McGrath, who is from the Registrar. Um, and he'll be giving us some tips and advice and understanding and breaking down everything there is about the Innis Registrar. But before we get into that, Hugh Peng, Marty, could you guys give us a little bit of an introduction so we can get the discussion started? My name is, well, I guess it's been, you know, people know at this point, but uh, my name is Marty. Um, uh, I'm a first-year student, obviously, at Innis, and my program, uh, well, I don't have a program yet, because I'm only first year, but my I'm planning on going into a physics specialist next year. So, my name is Yu-Peng, I'm a first-year MA student in Cinema Studies, and yeah, obviously, my program is Cinema Studies, and very uh, into films, and also uh, kind of different philosophical theories, everything like that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really great to have you guys on and having you guys a part of the Herald, especially on the podcasting team. So the first question I have for you guys, um, why did you choose Ennis as your college? Well, well, the reason I chose Ennis was mostly because I wanted to cook for myself. I didn't really want to go to a meal plan place. And I knew that this was the cheapest place to go if you didn't. Well, maybe not the cheapest, but it's it's much more uh, cost-effective to go here and cook for yourself than to go to another place and go and get the meal plan every day. Plus, I, I kind of figured that the food I'm going to make is going to be better than whatever else. You know, <laughs> like they might be cooked up for the group of kids every day. And I also thought, you know, there's the... Uh, in the residence, there's the music rooms that are really nice, and there are the, uh, there's, I thought there was a movie theater. I, I thought that sounded really cool, being able to see a movie every Friday and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't know, it just seemed like a very, and I kind of like the small town community. So, uh, it just seemed kind of nice. It just seemed kind of homey in the big city, you know, to have a smaller sort of college to be a member of. I'm just remembering from other episodes, you are someone who is from a small town, so that's kind of more of a familiarity for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, I also did my undergrad at UT, and I had most of my classes uh, in cinema studies at Innes. So I just felt like the whole building is a very, kind of gives me a feeling of a really close-knit community. Like, we are, um, especially when I compare to Vic, where I'm very close to, just felt like Vic is a much bigger community. Like we don't really, uh, to be honest, to have that tight connections with uh, with each other. But uh, in us, I just feel like uh, everything's 
very cozy and warm, especially in the library. Innes Library is the, my favorite libraries across the campus. And also we have, as Marty mentioned, we have many um, beautiful movie theaters, the screening room, Innes Town Hall. Uh, and I often go there for free Friday films. So yeah, that's why I chose Innes as a, a like film lover. I know for a fact I also chose Innis for that small quality, uh, community um, feel, as well as the fact that my major was not my major, minor, writing electric, which I interest, and I was like, okay, might as well be at the building that hosts it. So, yeah. Um, well, I wish I had been able to take a lot of the Innis first year courses and the Innis workshops and that kind of thing. I didn't really have the time, but. I wish I had been able to do a lot of those. I'm assuming you took a lot of courses here? Um, yeah. A lot of in my first year, at least I had two courses that were at the building. Um, this is the first time I'm actually this year that I've actually gone back to having a class at Dennis. Um, and remembering how wonky it is. Because I don't know about you guys, but the Innis College is designed as if it's an eye, like an actual eye, in my opinion. Like, you have two sides of it, the east, the west. They don't connect except for on the bottom floor. It's, like, really wonky. You have to remember that you can't get you can't get to room 222 from that area to go the other way or whatever. It's really confusing. So that's one thing I don't like about the college, but other than that, it's it is a nice space, yeah. So, what about the Innis Herald? How did you guys heard about it? Why did you decide to sign up for it? You think you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I can go first. So, so at the very beginning, I just received the email from Catherine during the summer. So um, I actually didn't know the Heron until then. And I was kind of like, I just went to the Heron's website and going through um, the list. I just feel like it's very interesting uh, community. Like people are very into like, uh, they have, you guys have different, like, um, like uh, I, I wouldn't say depression, like sections, like teams, like social media teams and also um, uh, our podcast teams. And I just feel like I've, um, been, uh, I've been taking courses uh, in this college and also I have learned many very theoretical stuff and I just feel like this would be a great opportunity to, to kind of um, try try out on the practical side. So that's why I, I choose the podcast team. just felt like um, I can kind of apply my knowledge from what I learned in classes to like real life hands-on experience. Um, I was pretty attracted to the idea of working for the newspaper, uh, as soon as I got to university, my, I used to have a column in the community newspaper, uh, where I lived and my, my mother is the, the journalist in our town. So she writes the community paper. So I always thought that would be kind of cool. And I also have a podcast, my, myself personally, uh, if you go to the, uh, masthead page on the website, you can see the link to that. And I, you know, it's important to plug, you gotta advertise. And, um, so, uh, yeah, I just figured the podcast at the Innis Herald 
would be a great kind of, you know, nexus of those two interests of mine. And also I would have skills and experience that I could bring to that. So it would be easier for me to transition. Yeah, I'm just going to, now that you mention it, I'm going to actually listen to the podcast, Melody. Oh, you're you're not here. I'm going to. I like getting ideas of other people and what they have done. I mean, I'm sure you would. We can't. It. The things I talk about on my podcast are not. They're not fit for for the hair. Well, it's a bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not very. Uh, it's a bit rude, I guess. It's not like explicit. It's just. It's kind of stupid, I guess. You know, like the things you talk about are a bit dumb. So. Wow. Dumb or not, yet at least you have a structure in podcasting, which is just style. That's what I like. Either way. Um, so, so that's kind of ex- answered my, my other question of why you joined, especially for the podcasting stuff. So, tell me a little bit about your experience so far in the past, I guess, four months. How has it been working at the Herald? What's that like? Or even with the podcast in particular? Anything at all? Like, How has it been for you guys as junior editors? I think it's been... Um, it's been pretty cool. I definitely thought I had uh, more of a handle on professional... Professional, I'm doing air quotes, podcasting than, uh, than I thought. Um, I made definitely some goofs over the year, uh, over the semester, but that, you know, that's okay. I really enjoyed it, and I think it's going to be one of those things that I am going to take a lot of, uh, I guess I'm, I'm going to be very dedicated to over the next three, four years. So, yeah, I'm very happy I made this decision. Uh, so, I think it's been a pretty cool experience, too, because I just felt like it's very, it was, like, very a uh, creative process every time I kind of, like, do the audio editing stuff, like adding on music and things like that. So, and also that kind of makes gives me some opportunities to um, do some like hands-on practice on both like video editing and sound editing. So I feel like that's uh, that's very good. That's what that's exactly what I I was looking for. Yeah, and I'm sure like. Um based off of what I like to try to get you guys to try each other's roles. I know each of you have like your own specific um, skills in terms of you can doing more of like um, video editing, you have a better sense of that, or Marty is better at just hosting than having you guys do each other's roles in that regard. How does that feel when you were trying to do the other thing? Um, I would like to do, I, I actually, we should do this next semester. I would like to do, uh, a, like a man on the street style interview. I thought that'd be kind of funny. So I definitely, it would be interesting to try and get a handle on video editing. Uh, and the sound editing, I don't know. I feel like I have a pretty good rap on that too. It's pretty tricky though. It's always hard to, uh, and I'm, I'm still bad at balancing the audio correctly. I was, I'm bad at that. The podcast that I run, audio is also terrible. Uh, I shouldn't say also. I think you guys check me over here, so it's not so bad when, I, when I'm working on the Herald, but, you know. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting better at it, though, and I feel like I'm not so... 
I'm, I'm more well-rounded than I was going into this, you know? I also like to do more hosting stuff because I just, to be honest, I usually get really stressed out right before doing an interview. So that's why I kind of feel like I would messed up at the very beginning. But I feel like um, it's only like us three in this team. It's a very close-knit community. It definitely makes me feel much better when both of you guys are aside, aside when like kind of doing the interview. So yeah, it's been, um, I like to try and it's also been a very good uh uh, experience so far yeah yeah well i will say for me it's like really great great to have people who are better at things than i am <laughs> i mean i know i like to say i'm good at some stuff and like i'm good with arrange arranging things or what it may sound like or whatever and but like video editing balancing audio i'm bad at that hosting like I will stumble, I will say same, and it's like, it's not very organic sometimes. I like, I like going over my things, and I will stumble, and I will, you know, keep rumbling on, as I am doing right now. But, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely is, when it comes to podcasting, it's really, one of the things I try to do is that, you know, when it comes to the podcast, like, I'm not going to be here forever, and, you know, this was a project that was that meant a lot to me uh, when I started it with the other editor, editors from last year we wanted to continue it and the important thing is to have people who can do those jobs of hosting and video and editing together and not just have you know separate people not be able to do it so it meant a lot to me that's why I was challenging you both to try each other's tasks and give you a taste of what it's like because you never know maybe one of you will apply next year to be the producer and you will have to know how to do both things so a little tidbit of what I do why there's a reason behind the madness to say um so what I know Marty said a little bit about what you want to do next term which is do a bit more street interviews. What other things do you guys are looking forward to, either for the podcast or even the Herald in general? Like, what are you interested in? I think, um, I don't know. I would like to, we had Kyle on recently, and I don't know what the, I don't remember immediately what the publishing schedule is, but that episode will go out soon. I really like talking on the podcast about science stuff so i would like to do more of that if possible i don't know I might derail it but <laughs> it'd be funny it'd be fun to, it'd be fun to do that so i don't know we'll have to see uh I, I the man on the street interview it's kind of a i don't know if that'll actually work i just thought it'd be kind of fun you know to try it out it'd be definitely good content um i don't know i think for the most part for this year we can just focus, I kind of just want to focus on getting into a good rhythm and getting very good at the core. I feel like I haven't really gotten down the core part of the podcast yet, and then I can, we can really improve. Well, I don't know, but I guess you guys aren't going to be there, but I feel like I can really improve and expand the content more later on. I actually, I didn't really know if we have already had the connection with uh, the Cinema Studies program, because this whole program 
uh, for both undergrad and uh, grad uh, students, the, this program is based in Ennis. So I just I was just thinking if we could um, like uh, connect with them, like Sinsu, and also some grad students to kind of like um, have an interview with them, like their experience at Ennis as well. So I felt like that because uh, I have a personal connections with them. So. I felt like that could um, expand the content a little more as well. Yeah, you know, that's definitely the reason, or the other reason we started the um, the podcast is to, uh, you know, reflect the entire community at Ennis. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the, um, it's, I will say, a little bit of a shout out to um, the video submission form that hadn't been filled out yet. Um, if you are someone who studies cinema studies and love film, love video editing, and have produced a short film animation or anything like that, um, we, the Hennis Herald does accept uh, video submissions and we will be posting those on our uh, YouTube channel. So if you're interested in that, please do fill that out. Um, I'm going to put the link um, down below for you to fill out. But yeah, it's like we wanted to incorporate cinema studies a little bit more at the Herald or because the Herald, in case you haven't noticed, is mostly paper. And we do have an online version, but there isn't really a space for students who are very creative and does other mediums to sort of express their skills. It's really like, oh, if you wanted to talk about film, you gotta write about it. You know, I mean, it's not like actually seeing the film itself and or the video. And so that's kind of one of the reasons why we wanted the podcast too, so that people can sort of like, um, I mean, I guess it's not as visual. I mean, that's what films are, they're more visual than they're auditory. But like, you know, it wouldn't be cool to have a clip of someone else's work that is, you know, sort of like a preview and that they could watch it later. I don't know. It's like that's kind of like the idea to sort of like make the Herald a little bit more accessible, a little bit more fun than what it is at the moment. So one, sort of like the, the last question I have for you guys then uh, is as junior editors, what is one thing, actually no, I'm going to put this question to two. What is one thing that you would say to a future junior editor um, of the Herald? Uh, it's a little bit, a bit of a future thing, but in, in March and April, around that time, we do accept um, students to apply for a certain um, executive roles as a part of the masthead. Um, there are different types of roles, and I won't be able to get onto all of them, but there are, there is a little bit of a window where students can sort of like, hey, I would like to run for this position and just fill up form type of thing. So eventually, uh, we will accept a new list of junior editors. But what would you say to that next set of junior editors um, if you weren't able to get that job again? What would you say to them? 
I don't know. I feel like it's very, I guess I would say, like, user-friendly. Like, you guys are very welcoming. I feel like there's nothing that I would need to tell them. Uh, like, it's very easy to get in, you know? Like, it's very accessible. I wouldn't, I, w- I feel like I wouldn't, there's nothing that I'm like, oh, this big piece of advice that you should know, and I learned the hard way. There's nothing really like that. Mm. I guess I would just make sure that they know that it's like, uh, it's, it's better to be more involved with the whole thing. So don't just do, like, if you're, you know, if you're just in the podcast, don't just do the podcast, like, Talk to all the people and and do stuff from all around the Herald, not just not just the one area you're a part of. You know what I mean? Maybe do a do a submission as well. Do a con- contribute something. You know? Yeah, I just felt like the whole team is very welcoming and friendly. So, um, but one thing I would say is um, that you can find more opportunities to kind of do whatever you like in this team like uh as martin mentioned like we probably can also do like some submission article submission video submissions um beside our uh, work in podcast and also um i feel like this is a very like creative team that we can kind of um we can always like put our ideas together kind of expand the uh, content together so this kind of i really like this kind of cooperation so just kind of those ideas so i yeah i don't i personally don't have much to say about it but i just felt like it's good to let them know it's a very welcome and friendly team well that's all we aspire to be um and i guess the last question is Considering that you are both junior editors, and I mean, I understand it's a little bit for the podcast, but I know, as you know, there are other editors, higher-ups, positions. What position do you think you will try to achieve if you were to apply next year? Well, I guess I kind of said this before, but nobody else works on the podcast, and both of you are not coming back next year, so I will probably just go for head podcast producer, or I'll, I guess I'll just call a podcast producer because there's nobody I'm head of. Like the, well, I'll just be the guy who does know. the podcast. You never know. Um, we do put the junior editors of applications after we get the master head executives in place, so you might get a junior editor. Maybe, but I, I, that would be nice. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, you should. You know, I know Hee Peng said you were gonna be able to come back, but if you were to hypothetically remain in the Herald, uh, what's your ambition? <laughs> like, I think the social media stuff is very interesting. I kind of saw like, cause um, like the score we can only see the chats from other. Team. So I just felt like it's very interesting to see like their promotional ideas, like um, the the posts they are gonna do on Instagram. So I just felt like I'm very into marketing and also communication that uh, kind of stuff. So I'm probably gonna try if I would say I pr- I think I would try more on the social media side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I get that. I see that. I can see that. 
Um, I mean, I know I definitely um, won't be able to come back um, simply because I'm going to be in my final year, so I need to focus more on getting that done and moving out. But if I were to stay with the Herald, um, I would actually want to become a creative director. <laughs> um, I, I just love coming up with pitches and like suggesting and like coming up with different things that people can like do. So, you know, I feel like coming up with ideas every week will be really fun instead of, um, not every week, every couple of months. Um, you know, that will be fun. I mean, there was a time where I thought I could try to be editor-in-chief, but um, I'm just someone who just looks at money and can't compute. My brain does not understand how the distribution side works. I, I That to me sounds like a lot of stress. I don't know how Yash does it, but um, no thank you. <laughs> um, so, uh, creative director would be something I would be interested in. But anyway, um, is there anything last that you guys just want to say about the Herald or anything at all? Yeah, I was just kind of circling back to the question that one thing I would say to the uh, junior podcast producers next year. So I feel like um, like before joining, joining our podcast team, my fab experience like just makes me feel very like makes my life more chaotic because I feel like most clubs were very uh, fast paced to some extent like they're kind of looking for ideas like you need to be creative all the time but I feel like podcasting is just very it's not like that fast paced and like everything I just feel like I can uh, kind of complete all the things on time because like I feel like it's very um, under my control like I can actually um, like just do the things whenever I like uh, and uh, put that like fit like, my task into my schedule so I just feel like that thing is very good it's not like um, it do- doesn't make my life more chaotic I, I know chaotic would be a too strong word but you know what I mean so it's just like I just feel like that's a very good thing if it's a very good club experience on that side, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Marty, you want to say something? I don't know. I just, uh, I, I look forward to keeping it going, you know. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to continue on. And I, I have a lot of ideas that I think are going to be pretty neat. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I plan on being here for a little while. It's a fun hobby. And I feel like you got to be part of a club. So this is my club. And it's a lot of fun. But you never know. But that's just to like encourage you, Marty, and anybody else who is listening. Um, it is very easy to apply, um, to become a part of the masthead, and I only give you good luck in applying for in March, um, or April, whenever we decide to open that up. But this is just like a little bit of a heads up. Don't will. encourage them too much. I don't want people to run against me. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so, just saying. 
Anyway. Ah, uh, that's a uh, stressful time. I got a lot of exams in April. I don't want to have to deal with another. I don't want to have to run a campaign. It's a lot, you know. It won't be much of a day. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, I'll let you guys go. But thank you guys for coming out and also helping me with the podcast and you know being part of the NS community. It's really great having you guys. Yeah. Thank you. So next up, we'll, I'll be uh, interviewing our frontline registrar, Jack McGrath. Hi, my name is Catherine. I'm here with the Ennis Herald and interviewing John McGrath from the Ennis Medistry. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Sure thing. Yeah. So uh, it's it's Jack here over at the uh, the registrar. I'm the assistant registrar advising here in the Ennis College Registrar. So if you uh, come into our office, I'll be the first person you see. Yes. So since it's you know. School has officially started and everybody has, especially for first years, they are still trying to figure out how U of T works, especially, you know, for any students, you know, trying to understand the rules of their college and maybe the residence or whatnot. And just in the spirit of, you know, sort of helping our students out, I'm hoping that in this call we'll be able to sort of like answer some of the biggest questions a lot of students may have about the registrar, what is it, how does it help, all that fun stuff, as well as some, you know, fun questions in between. Sounds good. Let's go for it. All right. So here's some basic questions about registrar, you know, just typical stuff. What is the registrar and why should I reach out to them? Great. So it's a, it's a large question. I'll try to answer it succinctly. So the registrar is your go-to shop, uh, your first stop for just about everything for your school, whether it's your academics, whether it's your finances, whether it's you need help working out, getting accommodations for courses, all these kinds of things. We either have the answers or can guide you through how to get them. Uh, so generally speaking, if you need any support making sense of your courses, your graduation, making sense of the fact that you missed a midterm, you need help finding out where the mental health resources are, any of that kind of stuff, we're the, a great place to start. Um, we also have a financial advisor in-house, and so we can have a conversation about your finances. We can help you figure out if you can access student aid. We can help you figure out if there's additional support available. Um, really, the, the best answer to that that I can give you is just about anything you have a question about, we can help with. The key thing that I suppose, particularly for some NS students, that it's good that we highlight that we don't do is anything regarding your residence, because of course that's the residence. Uh, so if if you have any questions regarding your residence room, maybe stick to that to your residence office. But aside from that, come on over. We're happy to talk. Great. Um, in terms, since you've been our frontline advisor for I don't know how long, how long you've been it. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, it has been something like two and a half, three years, I think. 
just before the pandemic started just before the pandemic started okay nice (laughs) um so then of course you definitely have experiences a lot of different questions some of them you know very serious some of them kind of like you know you could have found it on the website type of thing but what is um what are the main issues that you feel like a lot of students keep popping up and asking these type of questions that's a good question um there's a it's it's sort of seasonal um, so obviously, uh, as we move through, as, as we all know, the academic year is cyclical. And so as we move through that cycle, the main question kind of changes over time. Um, because we just, as, as everybody knows, the, uh, the course enrollment deadline for F&Y courses was the 21st, and uh, the minimum payment deadline was just earlier in the month. And so we were dealing with a lot of questions around registration and payment and that kind of stuff. Uh, as we get closer to the deadlines for dropping courses, Courses. We're going to be getting all kinds of questions about if you should drop, when you should drop, why you should drop, if you can credit no credit courses. Um, then we'll move into dealing with all the LWD stuff, so late withdrawals, dealing with petitions. It, it's sort of, and then of course the exam season where we have to start dealing with exam petitions and guiding students through if they should take exams, when they should not take exams, these kinds of things. Um, so it really, it, it's hard to answer that question because it is so cyclical, um, but just look at whatever the deadlines are that are coming up. Those are the kinds of questions we're answering at any given time. Definitely called here for many, many times in my time here, to the point that I am now very familiar with your voice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so where can students find a registrar in case they just don't know? Because I'm, I'm assuming like a lot of them have been online for so long that we kind of like don't know where everything is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's, we have so many students that uh, that's the first time they were on campus was earlier in September. So, yeah, we can be found. We're at 2 Sussex, uh, which for students, you probably know where Robarts Library is. We are directly north of Robarts Library across Sussex. Uh, we are also across the street from the residence. So if students are staying in the residence building, I should say the Ennis residence to be specific. Um, you can just cross the street from the NS residence and we'll be there. Uh, we are, you enter the lobby, you head up the stairs, uh, and then we're just before the stairs going up to the library. Um, another, I, I don't know if you want me to jump into this as well, um, but uh, another thing you can do is just call us. Uh, and it's, it's always going to be me answering the phone unless I'm not here for whatever reason. Uh, and I do try to remember everybody. So you can just give me a call. Yeah, definitely, you know, or even email them as well, I think. Yes. Yeah, I also am the only person that looks at that that, that email. So whether you call or you email, it's going to be me, and I will probably remember you. Great. Talk about some type of scenario questions that probably you might have interacted uh, when answering these questions from students. Uh, I guess this is for, like, first years going on to second year who are, you know, since they're in first year, they don't know what they're majoring in and so on. So when do you think that it's best when they start, like, applying for their, like, majors or programs like that? Sure, yeah. So the the program enrollment period begins each year at the start of March. So the one that uh, that was for last year has already passed. The uh, it ends at the 21st of September this year. Uh, next year it'll start probably March 1st and it will run until the last day to add courses in the fall. So probably r- roughly the 20th of September. 
Um, there's three different kinds of programs. And so when, uh, how you apply and when you apply sort of changes, um, if you're looking for open enrollment programs, so those, those programs on the calendar that say that they're open, anytime between the beginning of March and that deadline in September, you can add it, you can drop it, you can change it, doesn't matter. Um, the category that it does matter are those programs that say they're limited enrollment or they have specific requirements to enroll. There are two periods you can apply, the first request period and the second request period. The first request period is if you are meeting the requirements for that program at the by the end of the winter term, so in the regular fall winter session, if you're going to have all the requirements, you apply in the first request period. If you need to complete the requirements in the summer session, so you enroll in the summer and you take courses in the summer, you apply in the second request period. Some of these programs will be, uh, they're just called limited enrollment. And so they, as long as you meet the requirements that it lists on the calendar, you'll get the program. Some of them are limited competitive, meaning that they have a variable minimum grade. So there's, uh, you have to get at least that much to even be considered. And then you're competing with other students because there's limited spots. And so you're not guaranteed to get in. Uh, some of the grade is always higher than it says it is. And so there's always a risk you won't get it. Yeah, that explains that when, you know, I remember when I applied for my program, I was like, so you have, like, you know, the opens and then you have, like, the ones that are, like, second beat like beta, like severe, and then you have like the ones that you definitely either have like done it in first year, you will never get into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and like some of them, some of them are really specifically designed. So they expect you to kind of do it in first year. And then after that, it's harder to get in. Um, but but yeah, so it's uh, it's a pretty straightforward process. It sounds more intimidating than it is. And it's if you're not sure, first year students this year, you can always come and talk to me about it. Right. Branching off of that, could you explain what the differences between, like, I don't know, a specialist major, double major, you know what I mean? Like that, those, like, three ways of, like, doing your program? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there are it, one of the, your degree requirements. So one of the ways that you earn a degree uh, is that you must complete a requisite number of programs. And so the three minimum options are one specialist, two majors, or one major and two minors. You can, as a student within the Faculty of Arts and Science, have up to three programs, of which only two can be either specialists or majors. So you could be in two specialists. I wouldn't recommend it, but you could be. Um, some students are in a specialist and two minors. Some students just do the double major. Some students just do the specialist. All of those are fine. If you're a commerce student, for example, you're probably just going to do your specialist. A lot of students add a minor in economics. There's a lot of students that like to do a double major and then realize in their last year of study that they can grab a minor too. You can do that. You can add that minor at the end there. That definitely changes my perspective because like I thought it was just like you had to, um, like if you want to do, if you want to do a specialist, a specialist basically equates to like a major and two minors, does that make sense? Yes, I mean, it, and it, it does. So you're you can complete a degree with just a specialist. But if you're ambitious and you really want to do more, you can. You're allowed to do that. Interesting. Very interesting. A lot of stress overload. If I if I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> it wasn't for me either. I barely finished my double major. So. Uh -huh. Um. So okay, continuing with programs, I had questions. Uh. 
I mean, I know you can change a program, but like, when is it like the best time to change your program if you're considering it? And when is it too late? That makes sense. So the only time that it's too late is in the year that you are going to be graduating. So as I mentioned before, it'll close uh, at the, the last day to add FNY courses in a given year. And so in that year, if you intend to graduate, you won't be you won't get another chance to change your programs because once you've requested your graduation and all you graduating students, in case you don't know, you do have to request your graduation. It's going to open around late November if you want to do that. Um, once you've done that, you can't change your programs anymore. And and so really you're locked in after your last period before your graduating year. Before that though, up until then, you can keep changing your programs. And frankly, if you want to and you have the means to do so, you should. There's no reason to stick to programs you don't wanna take. That's a great time to have a meeting with somebody in our office. So you should reach out to me if you're planning on doing that. Okay, what, I'm sure a lot of first years are gonna be confused about this because they never had this equivalent in high school. But what in the world are breath requirements and why yeah. do you have to do them? <laughs> yeah, so we get this question a lot. So breath <laughs> requirements, uh, so there's five of them within the Faculty of Arts and Science and they are uh, essentially buckets that are the most general idea of what sort of content a course has. Uh, so there's one for uh, thoughts and belief, there's one for society, there's one for living things and their environment, this kind of stuff. Um, your degree requirements have these breadth requirements with the sort of idea that you have to take a well-rounded number of courses in order to be a well-rounded student by the time you're earning your degree. Uh, and what this just means for students generally is that you have to take some electives that are outside of the area you plan on studying. So if you're a humanities student, it means you got to take a couple of science courses. If you're a science student, it means you got to take a couple of hardcore math courses or maybe, uh, you know, an English course. Um, so you do have to complete the breadth requirements that by the time you're graduating, but something that a lot of first year students mistake is they think that you have to finish them in your first year and you don't have to do that. As long as you complete your breadth requirements by the time you're graduating, you're good to go. So the, the description of how to complete them is pretty clear on the academic calendar. And so anybody that doesn't know what this is and has no idea what Catherine and I are talking about, you should read about these. If you have any questions about it, that's what we're here for. Great. Um, and also I assume that by the time, or at least from since you're majoring or doing one of the like programs you automatically end up filling out most of them is just like the last two that tends to be yeah exactly you, you will usually any any program so by the time you're completing your degree you'll probably do at least two of them just by virtue of your courses that you're taking for your programs it'll just be sort of the ones that are outside of your area so again if you're studying english you're probably going to have to take a science course but i should say it might be worth mentioning a lot of students already know this but there are sort of breadth requirement intentional courses that certain departments offer. So a, a popular one, for example, is the AST 101 and the AST 201, which are these astronomy courses that are kind of designed for humanities students. They're science courses and you get the science breadth requirements, but they are definitely meant for students that will not be pursuing astronomy as a specialist so, or a major. So it's a good idea to look for those kinds of courses if you're concerned about this. Definitely. 
not stress you out when you have no idea of what physics is supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and they're supposed to be fun, right? They're supposed to be fun for people that don't know these things. So not only will it not stress you out, it should actually be a good time. Okay, so this is going to be our last scenario question before we get sure. to the fun ones. Okay, where, as someone who, I mean, I mean the registrar to deal with like academic and financial, where do you get like financial aid for students particularly? Great. Yes. Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, for financial aid, we have, as I mentioned before, a financial advisor here in our office. Her name is Daniela. She's super friendly, super lovely. You can book an appointment with her to talk about your options for financial aid. Um, the, the key thing to get out in front of and mention here uh, is that the first thing that we're always going to suggest to students, uh, particular, if you're a domestic student, uh, is that you apply for your provincial student aid. So that's going to be the first thing that you have to do in most cases. Once you've applied for that financial aid, there are additional financial options that are available. And if you're an international student, obviously you can't apply for that student aid. Uh, and so you can just go right ahead and, and pursue what those financial options are. Um, this The main thing that we have that, that you can apply to is something called the, the U of T grant or the NS grant. Uh, you will be hearing about this in our newsletters. Uh, you can access it through ACORN. If you're in a situation where you are in financial need and uh, you, you, you try to get a job or you have a job and it's just not enough money, you're just struggling a lot, there are options that are available and we can help you figure out what those are. Um, so you can just go ahead and do the grant um, the grant application or you can meet us first, whatever you feel more comfortable with, we can have that conversation. Okay, so let's, let's get into some of these fun questions. Sure. I kind of already asked this question early on, but then I, I kind of want to tweak it a little bit. I mean, I, in here, the question is, what is your most frequent question as a frontline advisor? But I'm thinking I'm going to switch it for making it more fun. What is your funniest question that you got as a frontline advisor? Okay, I think my answer remains the same. I wrote this down. It's, it's, you're going to think it's kind of dumb, but it's literally, where's the bathroom? Um, I'm sure a lot of people haven't been uh, to this building before, particularly, you know, students that have been remote for the last couple of years, but the bathrooms are really hard to find in this building uh, and nobody knows where to look. Um, so I answer that question, I'm not kidding you, at least probably a good dozen times a day. Um, we also, and this is confusing in that there are two separate upstairs. So there's two separate second floors. And so students are always coming to me being like, where's room 204? Where's room 209? Because they go up to the library side and can't find anything. So mostly I'm just direct students through the building. Um, that's that's a big part of what I have to do. <laughs> you would think that they would pay attention to the map that is like right yeah, in front of yeah, the office. Yeah, you think so, but uh, you know. <laughs> You'd think that that would happen, but I guess asking me is easier. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You're very <laughs> calming in that in type of fun vibe. So, okay, what's another question here? Um, what is a service that the registrar provides that students are not taking advantage of, but really, really should? 
Okay, so th this one, uh, I know these are supposed to be fun questions, and my answer is not super fun, but I think it's a good one, so I'm going to give it anyway. And what my answer to this is sort of lower C crisis management. So crisis in this case meaning not necessarily like your world is ending. But a lot of students uh, get themselves into really, really, really tricky situations uh, and kind of shut down, right? Like things aren't going the way they want. They're having a battle with their prof. They got an F and they didn't know what to do. There's issues at home. There's issues with the roommates. There's issues with all kinds of things. And they don't, and they just kind of, their world starts falling apart because they don't know how to deal with it. And things just start to snowball. And of course that ends up resulting in missing schoolwork and missing payment deadlines and missing all this kind of stuff. And some students, if they're anything like I was when I was a student, just shut down and let it all happen. And their transcript blows up and everything falls apart. We can help with that. Um, there are all kinds of ways that we can help with that. We can help with like very explicitly navigating the academic stuff, making sure that you're not going to get penalized for missing work when your world is turning upside down, helping you figure out if you need to get rid of courses, get extensions, get late withdrawals, do petitions, do all that kind of stuff. If part of the problem is that there's a huge financial crisis, we just talked about the grant application. There's actual help for that. We can, we can help students navigate financial problems. If there's emotional problems, if there's mental health problems, there's resources at the university to help with those things, and we know exactly where to point students to get them. Um, so if you are a first-year student, second-year student, fourth-year student, and you're freaking out because something is happening in your life, you know, you broke up with your partner, you know, your dog died, and, and that is crushing you inside, all these kinds of things, we can actually really help you. Um, and a lot with a lot of the problems that that's going to cause for you. And so you should please come and talk to us about that. Yeah, I feel like when registrars, like the word registrar just seems so like, you know, it just seems like, oh, you do is academic, you do with financials or whatever. Like, it's not like, but it's not that us only cop categories, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and I mean, uh, I I'm going to I I won't name names, uh, and hopefully the student doesn't realize that I'm talking about them when I when I say this. But a, a student came in a couple like maybe last week or two weeks ago, and they were terrified because I guess we were we're, were just like the registrar, and we seem like really intimidating and very official. Um, and she just had some very straightforward questions that I was more than happy to help out with, and we had a great conversation, and she walked away perfectly happy and came back in a sense, asked for more help. And I, I, we've had a good relationship since. I think a lot of students are just scared because we're this big official office at the university and the university itself is a scary place. Um, but people really shouldn't feel that way. No, nah, they shouldn't. It's, it's there to help you. So you might as well take advantage of it. Exactly. Yeah, so I guess with that, how would you describe the registrar in three words? I had to write these down because I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this in the spot. So my first, we kind of just talked about it, but welcoming, obviously. Um, my favorite part of my job is talking to students. So please, in, in fact, I'll be bored if you don't come in. So please come and talk to me. Second thing, non-judgmental. Uh, a lot of students are worried that we're going to look at their record and see a field of Fs and see all their zeros and see this and see that. We are not going to judge you for that. Our, we see that and all we want to do is help. We see that and all we want to do is find a solution for you. So if you are feeling like we're going to roll our eyes at you or think that you're a failure or whatever, don't. We will not feel that way. Third, I hope this is true. We're helpful. 
Yeah, you're definitely helpful. Some uh, some <laughs> students will not think so. <laughs> some students will not like the answers I give them and will think I am not helpful, but most hopefully will. <laughs> yes, I, I assume there will be some who will be very grateful. And like, you know, because university is tough to navigate by yourself. You got to get yeah. some type of help somewhere yeah. Yeah, or yeah, at least yeah. have like one person to like find one person in the under office that you can rely on that you, and just that you can keep going to yes absolutely. yeah just, yeah definitely yep. yeah for sure yeah. i mean i i i rem i was the a first generation student so i was the first person in my family to go to university um and not that's not 100 percent true but it's basically true and that was my experience and a big thing that i struggled with was i just didn't know that there were people that i could even talk to like i didn't i didn't know there were helpful people that wanted to help me figure this stuff out i didn't know that somebody was like willing to listen to my silly problems and help me figure out the fact that i'm failing a course but those people exist and i am now that person um so if you don't know about this any students that's listening to this please come to the registrar yes I think I think after this, I think a lot of people will be fluttering your office. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, that's good. I hope I hope it happens. I hope it happens. Yeah, definitely. So I guess with that, before we close, is there anything you would like to just speak to students in general about the registrar, about yourself, or whatever? Just anything at all to sort of reassure them. Oh, anything man. at all. I, I feel like I need something fun and funny to say, but I'm like an extremely not funny person. So um, I look forward to meeting you all and uh, I, I can't wait to meet more students. And those of you that I've met, come on back, please. Please, I'm bored. Help me out here. Yes, help Jack. He, he, he needs help. <laughs> or at least sending him an email or call him. Yes. Call him yeah. multiple times. He, Give me he'll answer to do. I'll answer the phone. <laughs> Yes. Um, oh, I just realized. I mean, I guess people will find it on the website, but like, when does the register open and close again? Ah, yes, that's a good question. So the <laughs> the hours. So we're Monday to Friday. Uh, we are open ten to four, with the exception of uh, lunchtime, which is from one to two, and then on Tuesdays we have our team meeting um, before lunch, and so we close actually from twelve to two. So relatively limited in person hours but hopefully you're on campus and you can come in at some point during that time you can of course you can always just email us instead um i am pretty good at getting emails back i'm pretty good at answering the phone when the office is open so please just do that well thank you zach for coming on to the podcast and just giving you a bit of wisdom <laughs> with us it's really helpful of course thanks for the opportunity catherine no problem Take care.